This is the Rabbit Rundown, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Welcome back to the Rabbit Rundown. As always, my name is Jacob Von Bergen, and I'm joined by joined here by my good friend and former men's manager Cody Reed. Cody, how's it going? You know, it's it's going pretty well. We're just coming off the women's victory in the Summer League Championship game, so that was. You know, not the most exciting game in the world, but an exciting result nonetheless. Getting uh, their 10th ever Summit League Tournament Championship. Um, it actually had been a while since they'd had yeah. a, a tournament championship, which was, you know, a little surprising going into today, realizing that it had been four years since they had mm-hmm. one. Um, but, yeah, excited for them that they complete the perfect season in the Summit League and, you know, are going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think we've been spoiled with the at-large bids. Uh, forgetting that, you know, they hadn't been winning the conference championship. Uh, it was Maya's and Peyton's freshman or sophomore year last time they won it. Uh, but before we dive too much into the games and everything that happened this week down in Sioux Falls, we want to remind everyone that we are brought to you by Dakota Iron. At Dakota Iron, they dig deeper. They have all your heavy equipment needs. Uh, if you've been watching the games on TV, you see their ads run on Midco all the time. Uh, but stop in uh, at their location on 12th Street. Visit their website if you have any needs for that type of equipment. Um, but yeah, we'll get back into the kind of talk about the girls game. Uh, as of last time we recorded, um, they had just beaten St. Thomas. You know, they've come off two big victories now, um, beating Oral Roberts 87 to 60. Uh, it was, you know, Haley Timmer had 25 points in that game on eight to 12 shooting. Paige actually led the team with rebounds with eight rebounds and had five assists. Cody, I know it's been a couple days. Uh, Brushes came on the mind right now as a championship. But going back to the Oral Roberts game, kind of a lot of the same, a lot of domination for SCSU on the women's side, uh, 27-point victory in this one. What were some of those takeaways from that initial matchup? Yeah, I think going into that game, after we had seen the results on the other side of the bracket, that it was going to be a 6-versus-10 matchup. Um, you know, this was maybe the the most um, imposing threat left in the tournament, mm-hmm. even though it was happening in the semifinals. And, you know, Oral Roberts, they had played well against USD. They had deployed this kind of new press that they hadn't used as much throughout the year. And they had, much like St. Thomas in the opening round game, they had SJC rattled for all of about maybe five minutes where they were Mm -hmm. sped up and taking some rush shots. And then, of course, you know, after that first media, they settled down and never looked back and ended up, you know, winning the game by 27 points. So uh, just goes to show, you know, I think with this and the championship game, there is an enormous gap between SDSU and the rest of the Summit League this year. Like, they're, and, you know, they were just consistent. There was no one that really posed too much of a threat. The one team that had them close on the ropes at one point was the first game of the season. And then they go and shellac yeah. them twice in the regular <laughs> season and then in the semifinals here when they, you know, beat Oral Roberts. And you can kind of even say the same thing about Omaha, one by eight in Omaha. Uh, and then, you know, come to Brookings, come to Sioux Falls, Omaha, same thing happens to them. But, yeah, you know, Oral Roberts, uh, there was 11 total turnovers in that first five-ish minutes. Um, that's probably when Oral, if they, you know, if they wanted to have a shot at winning this game, um, they needed to take over there. Uh, it was five and six. I can't remember who had what in that first, you know, five minutes. But if Oral Roberts, you know, maybe can get on a 10-0 run to start the game, you know, with SCSU struggling to hold on to the ball – Maybe you have a momentum that can kind of carry you throughout the game and keep it closer, but they weren't able to take, you know, throw a couple punches early. SDSU was, and um, yeah, kind of took over. You know, that's 
had the solid backcourt and uh, Page, and then Drew coming off the bench helped a lot there. Um, wasn't surprised to see you know her getting some more minutes, Drew getting some more minutes early on there. Uh, we saw her get subbed in a little bit earlier at times this tournament to kind of help settle some nerves on uh, the first two games. And I think this one, um, you know, as AJ said, they've never you don't face a press ever off a missed shot, which like Oral Roberts like to do this weekend. It seems like every time really got the ball, they had two people running at them. Um, you know, it would be interesting if Oral Roberts, if they had, a, if they could do it again, if they try to change something up because they got in foul trouble, you know, pretty early. And that really just, you know, ended the game for them when your best players are going to the bench early uh, with fouls. You're not going to have it stand a chance against SDSU who can play 10, you know, solid players. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot left on that game. Just, you know, a butt kicking, 27 points, uh, victory there. And like you said, was really the last real threat SEC probably felt that they faced. And uh, they came out and took care of business early. And, it, you know, it showed that uh, they were able to, you know, just kind of handle it and not overlook overlook a second-round matchup when there's all these upsets happening. Yeah, I think that was a big thing, too, is they didn't, you know, it, it could be an easy spot to overlook people when you've dominated the conference all year, won every game. But they came in, you know, with their plan for each opponent. And despite, you know, maybe the first five minutes and the, the first two games really just asserted themselves the rest of the way. And, yeah, just to follow up on the end of the Oral Roberts game, like they got to the line 32 times. Um, Oral Roberts couldn't play defense in the half court. You know, they, they were tired, and so they were fouling after pressing, and that wasn't working, and they were having to do mm-hmm. off those missed shots, and they couldn't get set up as well. And then, you know, who handled it pretty much the rest of the game. Haley Timmer had a career high. You know, I think she had 25 points in that one. She had an awesome tournament. Um, and, you know, Tori Nelson had some of her best games of, of the season down the stretch in this tournament. You know, Maya Sellen really didn't have to do a whole lot in this tournament, mm-hmm. even though she's, you know, very important to what they do on offense and how they get their good looks. Um, you know, her and Peyton almost could have they, – they were able to take a little bit of a back seat. Yeah. They didn't have to shoulder that load. Um, but – they still played, you know, exceptional. The whole, the whole team did. Uh, team defense was probably, you know, as strong as it has been all year in this one, and they ended up, you know, crushing Oral Roberts. Yeah, and, you know, speaking like team defense, um, solid in this game, obviously holding Oral Roberts, one of the, the top offenses in the conference to 60 points. Uh, one of the top offenses, I think, points per game in the league, or in the country, excuse me. Um, so just, you know, solid. When you're holding them to 60 points and they're averaging – closer to the 80s or 90s. Obviously, you're doing something right there. But, you know, even going into the Omaha game, uh, kind of transitioning there, um, the defense in this one is, you know, spectacular as well. Obviously, when you win by 42 points or whatever it was, uh, you have to play – you have to do something right on defense. But um, just starting first five minutes, I think – or first 10 minutes of the game, Tori had four blocks. And it was four, but started this game four blocks, had seven blocks total as a team. you know, no individual player made the all-defensive team. Uh, looks like they maybe they kind of took that personal, especially where they started this game. Uh, 16 total points in the first half for Omaha. Uh, held them to eight each quarter. Uh, it's really, took, you, know, you know, took it personal that, um, you know, defense was going to be the way they won the tournament. And they honestly could barely have scored any points the second half and would have won this game against Omaha. Uh, from buzzer to buzzer, best team, you know, on the court by far. And, uh, like you said, they they treated they didn't overlook it, but you know Oral Roberts was that last real threat they probably faced, and you know it was a difference of one seed probably between five and six for Omaha, but you know Omaha 
didn't stand much of a chance in this game. Yeah, I mean, SDSU took took the lead at 2-0. I remember looking over at you and asking, <laughs> is SDSU going to lead – you know, is, is Omaha ever going to lead in this one? And you were like, no, I don't think so, pretty matter-of-factly. <laughs> and, you know, SDSU did just that. They led the entire stretch, buzzer-buzzer, like you said. And, you know, this was the most impressive of the of the three performances because to, to hold Omaha – you, you know, they're a decent offensive team, but told them to only 16 points and just like their players were getting visibly frustrated. Uh, their coach didn't really have too many answers of how to change things. It was just SDSU proved they're the better team. I, I think we knew that going in, but, you know, they made sure there was absolutely zero doubt that they were the best team. And you got performances across the board from from everyone that, that played. You know, Peyton had 14. Paige had 16 in this one. Haley Timmer had another good game. Uh, you know, I'd love to know what she shot from the three-point line in this tournament. Oh, um, I would have to think it's somewhere close to 60%. Um, Maya did her thing with 11 points, five boards, a couple assists. You know, Drew off the bench had four assists. Um, Callie Tyson had some big blocks. You know, even uh, players that got in the game late were able to score and make some shots. You know, Maddie Vlaston and Maddie Mathwitz both made some threes. So um, it it was almost a little bit lackluster in yeah. the arena <laughs> just because of how dominant it was from the beginning. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think I made a comment to you when players were subbing out that the lot of the arena got was the ovations for Mayan Peyton when they got subbed out. And I do wish, uh, you know, Haley got her own little sub there at the end. Uh, but it was off a foul and then went into a timeout. So they didn't really get the, you know, ovation she probably deserved. Had a great tournament. Um, I was just doing some quick mental math here for that number. Uh, she went, she was 6 of 10 going into the championship game. So then would have gone 10 of 14 from three. Uh, uh, with so the championship. just under, or probably between 65 and 70%. Correct. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do that math <laughs> in my head. So yeah, I'll go with your number. Um, but yeah, you know, and now Omaha's in the record book twice for probably the wrong reason. They, you know, it, as a program, they probably look at it like, hey, we made the championship now two of the last three years, uh, which is great. You know, another team that's kind of showing a little bit of consistency that they can maybe get there come March. Um, but now both times they've made the championship, they are going to be in the record book as one and two as the worst deficit loss. We lost the uh, USD by 20 something. I think it was 24. And now they lost to SDSU by 42. So, you know, one and two, probably going to sit at one there and two for quite a while there. That's not going to be an easy record to break. Um, you know, SDSU almost scoring 100. So, yeah, that was, you know, Omaha, congrats. They've, you know, they've made the championship twice now on um, the last few years, but, you know, they can't take that step. So we'll see, you know, what their program goes from here. Obviously, they do something right coming once they get to Sioux Falls. Um, but now they have to take the next step to, to really be a competitor come, you know, championship time. But um, going back to the individual players for SDSU, uh, I, I mentioned Tori Nelson had the four blocks right away in this game. Really a sneaky, good, quiet tournament for her. Um, didn't jump off the page point-wise or anything like that. Didn't get all Summit League, you know, all-tournament team. But, like, this game had seven points and just seemed like all weekend was great defensively. AJ brought her up yesterday as uh, one of the players that were able to help break that press early on, just handling the ball, being that, you know, steady hand. Um, and, you know, solid for her because she's going to have to have, you know, a big tournament. Um, and then even looking into next year, you know, she'll be that senior leader 
probably one of the lone seniors on next year's team. Her and uh, maybe Callie Tyson. I'm not sure what year she is. But, um, you know, one of the few seniors next year. So um, good for her to kind of step into some big moments there. Um, but, yeah, like I said, she's going to need to have a big tournament for them to win some games. And, it's, you know, a good way to start is having these, you know, solid summer league tournament games. Yeah, definitely. And just to go through the other players that did make the all-tournament team. So um, Maya Selland, obviously, I believe it was Paige Meyer. Yep. And then uh, Haley Timmer was the most outstanding player of the mm-hmm. tournament. And all three of them deservedly so. Honestly, you know, you probably could have thrown another Jack on that team, but there's just not always that much love to go around <laughs> from, you know, other other media members and, you know, just uh, – the, the points have to go go somewhere, and when people are scoring in bunches, it's not always spread around as much as it, it can be. But, uh, yeah, just a really solid tournament for, for all the starters. Um, the bench played well. Like, everyone just did their role, and I think that goes to what AJ said was this was the most consistent team. He's probably coached or one of the most consistent, and that's why they were able to go undefeated in league play. He also said in the post-game press conference of the championship game this was – his best defensive team he could recall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said he's not really ranking them against one or the other, but, you know, he, he couldn't come up with another team that was this good defensively, and I think that probably played into their their consistency throughout the season. Yeah, and I think uh, sticking on the defensive side of things, it helps, and it's, it's weird to think because they don't have what I would call a true center. Uh, they don't have that six-foot three, four player that can really dominate the post. Kind of like we saw USD have in the past with, you know, Hannah Shervan or going back to over or the Thompsons. We don't have that true center, but um, having a, a player like Brooke Meyer come off the bench, uh, Callie Tyson, uh, you know, Troy Nelson, Peyton Burkhart, they all play a different role at that five, uh, four and five position that really, I think, helps throw teams off. They're all different style players. You know, Callie and Brooke, they're going to come in and play that more traditional probably post player. Uh, type role, um, which fits when they match up with Tori and Peyton, who can spread the floor and play that, you know, outside stretch five. So they have a bunch of versatility there that I think helps them out. Um, and then, you know, Haley Timmer, I know you asked in the press conference, I was going to ask if I, you know, had gotten ahead of you in the, in the line. Same question you asked. Haley Timmer has played her best basketball, you know, this year in the conference tournament and last year in the WNIT tournament. Seems like these big moments really or when she shines um i wonder if it has to be a mentality thing you know like something clicks something's a little bit different you know she was locked in on the bench all game every time i saw her go to the bench she wasn't you know talking to other people she was focused on the game at hand she got out 10 points right away in the first quarter um really didn't need a whole lot from her after that offensively only ended up with 18 points total uh after 10 points in the first but um yeah she you know she's unselfish she could have scored 30 um uh, like I said, it wouldn't have been hard to imagine her forcing some more shots to get uh, some more points in the game. But she only needed to shoot eight times to get to that 10 or 18 points. Um, and her and Paige have really played well off each other. So it seems like since Paige has come back and gotten more minutes, more healthy, you know, Haley's numbers have also gone up with it. They just play hand-to-hand. And, it's, you know, it's going to be fun to see them play together uh, the next couple of years, you know, after this season. So, yeah, two two things going back to your – comment about the defense and you know how well those um post players have played i think it's because they can they're athletic enough but also long enough that 
the Jacks can switch all screens one through five mm-hmm. pretty much at all times, no matter who's on the court. And, you know, a lot of teams can switch one through four or they can switch all of them depending if these players are on the court. But the Jacks can do it all the time, every time. And to be able to just rep that consistently in practice and in games, you know, they're probably one of the best in the country at being able to defend ball screens and, and defend different types of screen action because of that versatility. Um, and then, yeah, going going off what you said about Haley Timmer, like – it, I don't know if it's a doesn't want to stop playing, just loves <laughs> basketball that much, or just likes the spotlight, or you know, it's hard to tell. She gave a pretty humble answer in the press conference to that question, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's 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 a definitely a trend at this point. It's not just a one-off performance in these winner go home games. It's you know her best basketball that she's played, and you know maybe that's you know uh, high school basketball had probably had four state tournament appearances i would imagine as part of st thomas more so she's mm-hmm. played a lot in those big moments and is comfortable there but um you know she'll have to do the same in the ncaa tournament they're gonna need um you know her to score that many points and then they're probably gonna need um you know Paige and maya to also score like they did mm-hmm. um most of the season um but yeah i think Paige being able to find Haley timmer in transition is probably where that connection is formed we were talking you know Haley's generally probably one of the fastest players on the court and Paige is probably one of the fastest with the ball and being able to push with the pass and transition. So mm-hmm. they work really well hand in hand. Um, we could probably go on for days about how good this team is and how good different players on this team are, but um, uh, very successful weekend down in Sioux Falls and they're going to get a, another opportunity to, you know, go make some noise in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the NCAA tournament here uh, after a bit. We'll kind of wrap back to, to that kind of thing. But, yeah, I think, like you said there, um, I think this is a team that has expectations, you know, come tournament time. Uh, they're going to be a little bit different seating. It'll be interesting to see where, you know, projections have them. But um, with the way Paige is playing, the way Timmer's playing, uh, you know, Maya's always going to be a steady hand for them. Uh, if you get Peyton, Tori, uh, and then some of those bench players to keep producing like we did this weekend – there's probably not many teams in the country that want to face SDSU come tournament time. Um, they've been battle tested, obviously played strong against the number one team in the country. Uh, they've played four or five other tournament teams as well. So uh, it's going to be a scary team come, you know, come selection Sunday that a lot of teams in that four, you know, three through probably five range aren't going to want to, you know, see across them uh, in their region, that kind of stuff. So um, we'll get a little bit more into the tournament talk here in a little bit. Um, don't have a whole lot left to talk about from the tournament other than, you know, they were by far the best team uh, in the Summit League and will transition maybe over to the men's side of uh, the tournament. Yeah, and before we talk about the men's side, we <clears throat> just want to remind you that we're brought to you guys by Drake's Place. So Drake's Place is a uh, convenience store and gas station in Battle, South Dakota. So if you're driving around in that neck of the woods or happen to be up there for any reason – um, and, and you need some gas or you need a convenience store stop or you even need to get some good food, they have a good diner there, make sure to stop in at Drake's Place in Battle, South Dakota and support them because they support us. But with that, let's talk about the men. Yeah, you know, the men, we went into it. Uh, the last time I recorded, we didn't know who they'd be facing. Um, but they came into the game. They did play North Dakota State. Uh, came off or followed a game that, you know, everyone is – Excited because Oral Roberts did get tested. So you're like, hey, you know, there's a shot. 
NDSU saw that, and you know, NDSU came out and really dominated the entire game. I know the final score came out to be only a 10-point loss, 89 to 79, but really never truly, outside of a few minutes in there on the first half, never truly felt like the Jacks were the better team on the court. Uh, NDSU really came out through five punches before SDSU even reacted. Um, Alex Arians led the scores for the Jacks with 20. Ron Skungenberg led with 24 points total. Um, Alex really led with all the categories, six rebounds, five assists. Um, Alex had a really solid tournament. Really feel bad that well, this is the way he went out. Um, but, yeah, you know, NDSU, I don't think anybody's doubting they were the better team in this game. Um, you know, Grant Nelson, uh, 22 rebounds, controlled the boards, had two less rebounds than SDSU had, a, had as a team. Um, you know, usually I think you think of rebounds as an effort thing. I don't think SDSU had bad effort. I think NDSU just wanted it more. Yeah, it was – you know, a classic Dave Richmond team coming into this tournament, maybe a little uh, underdog mentality like they normally do where they weren't playing their best basketball coming in. But when they get here, they're unfazed by the crowds. They seem very locked in. And I I mean, I truly think they played their A-plus game in this one. Mm -hmm. um, even if – and I don't think SDSU did. I think if SDSU – played up to their capabilities it would have been close but NDSU might have still just pulled it out you know um Skunberg probably never shoots that well 10 of 15 from the floor four threes um he he was locked in and just the whole NDSU team had a, a little bit more fire than the Jacks the Jacks um got punched right away uh, I think there was a 17-0 run to where then they got down by 15 or so mm-hmm they did come back from that. They clawed it all the way back to pretty much even and maybe even took the lead mm -hmm. uh, behind some good support from the crowd. And I kind of thought at that moment it was going to be back and forth the rest of the way. And then right before half, NDSU comes in and gets it to six points at halftime. Uh, you know, there was a big free throw play where they made a free throw, then got an offensive board, made a couple more free throws, and were able to extend that lead uh, from a one possession to a two possession game. And, um, and then second half, those first four minutes dictated the rest of the way how it was going to go. And NDSU just kind of was the more physical, was the more dominant, the team that wanted it more. And, you know, unfortunate that that's the way this SDSU team went out for how, how well they battled all year to not have their best battle in this one. Yeah, and um, really, I mean, all tournament, this they didn't – they weren't a lot – I don't want to say they weren't locked in. They were they were obviously focused, but just didn't have a great tournament. Omaha wasn't good enough to take advantage of them struggling. NDSU clearly was. Uh, Alex Arian, like I said earlier, was kind of that steady hand all weekend for them. Um, you know, had a huge game. I know earlier in the year, kind of talked about, hey, when they're struggling, you know, he probably has to step up and, you know, take that next step. He and Matt Mims really showed up in this game. Uh, Mims uh, really was that energy, had 19 points. Um, you know, Mayo had some points there late in the game. Dentlinger got in foul trouble early with a couple um, fouls in that first half. That really, I think, really is what helped Grant and that team really get going on um, on the boards there. Uh, up in Brookings, you know, Grant and Morgan both got in foul trouble early in that game. Allowed SDSU to kind of control that side of things. This game is kind of the opposite. Dentlinger, you know, got in those fouls. Um, and that's when Nelson kind of, uh, took over controlling the boards the rest of the game and never really looked back. And sometimes rebounds are just, you know, some of it's luck being in the right place at the right time. I know that's what he said in the press conference. Just, you know, he's always 
where he needed to be. But there was a lot of, you know, he he wanted it more. We've seen out of Grant this weekend. Grant just, you know, was on another level um, with his effort. Um, really controlled the USD game as well. Kind of relished in the moment of being in, you know, kind of, you know, kind of hinting, you know, it's kind of sounding like this might be his last time playing in Sioux Falls, playing for the Bison, and, you know, he's playing like he doesn't want to lose. So uh, we'll see. This is the third time, you know, he's third time in a row. He's played in the conference championship. Uh, like Five said, times in a row as a team. Yep. NDSU's been there. I know NDSU fans don't listen to this. Put anybody that sees an NDSU fan tweet anything negative about Dave Richmond in the next year or two. Report them to Twitter. Uh, they don't deserve to have Twitter. Uh, NDSU fans are the worst. If they anybody hates him, I couldn't imagine what SDSU fans would do for their coaches if they were in the championship every year. Uh, but somehow NDSU fans get away with bashing their coach, even though they're always in the championship. I don't understand it. I don't get the fan base at all. Um, but yeah, back to SDSU. I'll get off my rant there. <laughs> I could go on for days about that one. Um, but yeah, you know, NDSU played better than SDSU. Um, and just a lot of shots didn't fall for SDSU early. They got the looks they wanted. They rimmed in and out. And that's just sometimes how basketball works. Yeah, I think and, and to NDSU's energy, Mims and Arians were probably the only ones that matched that. I mean, you could tell they mm-hmm. they really wanted this, whereas it didn't seem like everyone else was just quite there. They they weren't they were a step slow. They were they were a notch below what they needed to be. You know, I I, I guess Charlie was maybe in that conversation as well as, as having that energy. But um, you look Scunberg and Nelson combined for forty four points. Their two best players. You know, Matt and Zeke, two of our best scorers, you know, at the end of the season, they only had 29, and a lot of those were late. So Mm -hmm. we just, uh, you know, and teams threw some things at Zeke in this tournament that they maybe weren't ready for, didn't have the best counters for. Um, But he didn't have his best tournament. And, you know, it's it's been tough for the Jacks when he isn't at his best this year. You know, he is – kind of needed to be at his best to, to win a lot of games. And I'd love to be able to ask Hendo if he truly thought it was just NDSU played as good of a game as they could and it was everything they did, or if there was some kind of strategy or or things that SDSU did or didn't do that, you know, helped contribute to NDSU winning this game. Yeah, that would that would be an interesting conversation. Obviously, Hendo has worked with Richmond before, so those two know each other. They respect each other a lot. They probably both know how each other think. Um, but yeah, you know, that'd be interesting to see if you know if he could go back if there was a strategy thing he'd change, or if he thought you know they were better. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, I think we we saw the, this weekend probably the weight that Mayo's been carrying all year. Uh, beating the leader, this you know the the main offensive focus all year. Um, you know we had those two stre- those two weeks where he you know was lights out, scoring thirty plus points a game. I think you know probably just got tired uh, come this time of the year. Like ton of ton of minutes on the body this year. Uh, all the travel. He's been the the main guard playing forty minutes a night. This there was there wasn't the depth this year to really rotate. Um, you know again we said this early in the year. But you have to remember, SCSU this year is replacing Doug Wilson, Noah Friedel, Baylor Shireman, Luke Appleton play this year. Um, that's, you know, that's an all-conference team right there that they lost. And I'm probably forgetting somebody. Um, Charlie didn't play half the year. Charlie didn't play half the year. Alex missed a couple weeks. 
there's you know there's six seven guys that SCSU replaced this year and when did you coin the baby bison term because they had so many freshmen but SCSU had a lot of guys that stepped into new roles this year that you know, they'd never played before Denlinger was the third center last year uh, obviously a couple of years ago got you know more of the freshman probably played more Arians wasn't really looked at as an offensive threat we were really before this year he was more of that kind of molder that middle guy Mims kind of was a three and D guy got 10 ish minutes a game now stepped into 40 minutes 35 plus minutes William Kyle freshman you know Moore's hadn't played competitive basketball probably for two years um you know with red shirting at Wisconsin so a lot of guys this year stepped into roles that they probably weren't super comfortable with um and now they have an off season you know hopefully the to mold, you know, we'll see if Apple's back next year. Um, there's a, you know, there's freshmen coming in. There's some red shirts. So it'll be an interesting off season. Um, you know, I don't know if we want to get into talking about what we expect the men to do this off season, but you know, I expect them to hit the portal, try to find a guy or two there as well, just to really solidify. And again, you never know who's back next year. Uh, if they lose a couple guys, you really expect them to hit that portal hard. But uh, college basketball changing. Offseason is going to be an interesting time. Never really know. Like Baylor didn't hit the portal till a certain point last year. Uh, Max Aismas never really knew last year if he was in or out. Uh, NDSU, you know, might lose Grant Nelson. Lots can change the summer league on the men's side after this season. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But I do think an offseason for these guys to find the role, that, you know, get more comfortable in their role will be, you know, pretty important for them. Yeah, and I think we'll probably – hold off on the the deeper discussion of that until, you know, maybe next week with the NCAA tournament preview for the women. Um, and, and kind of once we know if they're going to play in a postseason tournament, you know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll probably have an opportunity to play in the CBI or the CIT. Kind of sounded like from what I could gather from Hendo in the postgame press conference, they're probably leaning away from that just because they have logged a lot of miles on, on their bodies this year. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and going out in a fashion where it just kind of felt like a chapter closing and yep. to be able to kind of rally yourself back and, and go play in a tournament that kind of matters. I mean, the NIT, I think if they, you know, they're obviously not going to get an invitation to that if they would have gotten an invitation, I think they'd go play in that. But the CBI yep. and CRT are, are there. I don't know. It's kind of like a consolation championship yep. or a, or a seventh place game. Like it just doesn't feel, have the same feel as NIT. Uh, but so, yeah, we'll save that for probably uh, next episode or more, one of our final episodes of, of this season, but uh, they do bow out in the semis. First time they've ever lost in the semis in the Denny. Um, and yeah, just kind of unfortunate. We didn't end up getting that third matchup with Oral Roberts. I know a lot of people are looking for that. See how Oral Roberts, you know, handles the moment in a championship game in that arena with the sea of blue. So, you know, I was personally disappointed that didn't get to see that, but um, it just goes to show you how tough it is to win this tournament consistently. You know, Mm -hmm. we got lucky there for a few years where we won it three times in a row and, you know, no other team has done that. So it's, it's just, it's tough to win three games in four days or three days in this, in this tournament. And, uh, didn't happen this year. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's tough even with the fans behind, you know, all the fans there. It was just a tough tournament. You know, I think Hendo said a couple times, Grant's probably, you know, an NBA player. Um, you know, Max potential there to be an NBA player. So a lot of talent in the league. Um, and when you don't have the number one guy in the league, 
you know, there is an added pressure to the rest of the team. Uh, and this year just, you know, didn't work out. So, um, like you said, we'll, we'll touch on the rest of the regular season here. Um, but, I, yeah, like I said, I don't expect him to be playing too much more basketball this year. Uh, Zeke's had his calf wrapped all year. Um, the only reason you maybe would is, you know, maybe Zeke wouldn't play, but you can get Tanner and Broden some more minutes, get them. Well, Kyle's, you know, yeah. a little bit more minutes. Yeah, get Kyle some more minutes. He, you know, he struggled down the stretch here a little bit. Um, so we'll see. I Like I said, there's, I don't envision it happening, but, um, you know, crazier things have happened. Hendo didn't seem, seem super optimistic about postseason appearances for the Jacks, but uh, I guess only time will tell. Uh, I don't have a whole lot left um, on this matchup. I'd say last thing is just talk about um, Alex Arians, Matt Dentlinger, Aaron Fegan. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they might play, I guess, a few more games, but you yeah. know, if they don't, uh, Arians and Dentlinger have been staple in this program since Hendo's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he was pretty emotional that this could be their last, you know, appearance uh, for the Jacks and just give them a shout out for, you know, everything they've done for this program and help build it to where it is. And, you know, Fegan was right there um, with them for, for five years and mm-hmm. um, was in practice with them and, you know, a good bench energy contributor. So just always tough when you, when you lose seniors that have been with the program for the entirety of their careers. Yeah. And I believe they were part of TJ's first class and they're the only two from that class that made it the entire time. I think there was four or five guys that came in with them. They're the only two that, you know, did last all the time. Alex obviously going down as an all-time starts leader. I think I heard 20 – tied for 23rd in scoring. Yeah, both in the 1,000-point club. Yep. I think Matt's probably up there in career blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alex might be up there – yeah, and honestly might be up there in career assists just from pure games Boy. played standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Matt might be up there in rebounds. But two very good Jacks careers that, yeah. you know, come to a close. But – Mm-hmm. Probably nothing else really to to talk about with the men. Yeah, not a whole lot left on the men's side there. Um, we'll probably wrap things up here uh, with, I guess, Cody. Uh, we we kind of hinted at the tournament a little bit for the women. Obviously, don't know when they're going to play yet. We're waiting for selection Sunday. Um, projecting probably eleven or twelve seed, uh, more than likely twelve seeds. Where I kind of think things are going. You know, I said it earlier. If you're a five seed, you you really don't want them in your portion. Yes, look at the tournament. What are some of your expectations for the women? Yep, I think they're probably going to be. I'm leaning more towards an 11. I think just with how they dominated mm-hmm. the Summit League tournament and their history in the NCAA tournament, they might get the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, we have other conference tournaments around the country to play out still, but I'd lean closer towards an 11 than a 12. But probably don't have enough to bump up you know, to the 10 in terms of their net and metrics and quality wins and all that. Um, but honestly, I think an 11 is a good spot for them to be. If they get an 11 or even a 12 seed, they're play, playing a six or a five. Generally, those are power five teams that struggle down the stretch and kind of slip to seed line. Mm-hmm. They're they're usually not people on the rise that, that come into, you know, from the seven, eight to a six, five seed. So you get a struggling team and then, you get one of the lower or lowest seeds that's hosting a regional. And so um, it's always a tough game if you, if you win that first one and have to face someone on their home court. But the Jacks have done it before, and they've advanced, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, at a different seed. 
you know, one of the higher seeds. But, um, yeah, I think they're a dangerous team that no one is going to want to play in that first round. You know, that that's going to be a, a game that has a five or six seed difference, but I would imagine if there's a spread on it, it would be a pick em. Yeah. So uh, very dangerous team. I think they have the ability, depending on the matchups, to, to get to the second weekend, mm-hmm. uh, but hard to say in, in until we see the bracket. Yeah, and I tend to agree with you on – I think we'll get bumped to 211. Um, I think, you know, dominating 20, 28, 27, and 42, I believe, are the three final score differentials. Not losing a game in the Not league. Not losing a game in the league. Coming off a WNIT tournament where they do beat, you know, UCLA, who's going to be a top-tier seed. Uh, I can't remember who else they beat in that tournament. But, um, you know, a bunch of teams that are quality opponents – um, I think they do look back at, you know, history in the tournament, have that Sweet 16 run. Um, the committee does know, like, in the past they've been hurt. This year they're healthy. So I do think they get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, um, maybe an 11, you know, depending on who loses, wins, other conferences. Uh, if they get lucky, maybe bumped up to a 10. Um, I don't know if where 10s rank on the tournament, uh, but you definitely wouldn't want up to an 8-9 because if you do when you get a, a top seed, obviously. Um, so if they're not going to be, you know, a top seven or higher seed, that 10 or 11 or that 11 seed is probably where you want to be. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, you know, it'll be an interesting, interesting tournament. Like you said, nobody's going to want to match up with them. Nobody's going to want them coming to their area. Um, they're going to be one of those teams that, um, you know, teams are going to have to escape to beat. I think even, even if you win the game, even the second round matchup is going to be a matchup. They're not looking forward to. So um, they bring a lot more talent than a lot of these mid-majors uh, and scoring ability that these mid-majors would normally bring into these matchups. So, yeah, a lot of teams aren't going to uh, like facing SDSU. And if they bring their A game, uh, there's not a lot of teams that can beat SDSU come come tournament time. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, I don't know if you have anything else. Yeah, just you know, another that. thing that SDSU brings, obviously, is coaching experience. Mm-hmm. Someone that's coached in the NCAA tournament, won in the NCAA tournament, you know, more than once. And so, you know, you can't undervalue, you know, AJ's yeah. prowess as well. Um, this team has played well in tournament settings, WNIT championship last year, Summer League tournament this year. And uh, they've been as consistent as ever this year. And then going back to something AJ said in the press conference, this team as it stands right now, with Paige fully healthy in the starting lineup, with Drew more healthy, with, you know, everyone clicking – hasn't played any of those power conference teams that they played at the beginning of the year. And they even beat some of them. Uh, But now, you know, those games that they maybe lost at the beginning of the year could turn into some wins Mm -hmm. with with how this team's rolling. Yeah. I think he's really relishing the idea of, you know, being able to play with this team on like, it's going to be on the road, obviously, but I think he's relishing taking this team to these environments. I know his goal this year was to host, um, would have been interesting with the way Frost with renovations if they were able to to host, but with the way injuries you know ha- happened, um, you know Drew not being able to be 100% come start of the season, it really did set them back in that non-con. But like you said, they were able to win some big games. Uh, a couple of them they were losses, obviously being 28 and five. Uh, not a whole lot of teams can boast a record like that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised their win total to reach over 30. You know, if with this team clicking the way it is. Uh, not a lot of teams are going to be ready for the the speed like we talked about with Haley and Paige. Um, and then, you know, if they're having a slightly off night, you got 
girls like Maya and Peyton and Tori that have played in big games. Obviously, Maya and Peyton were part of that Sweet 16 run team, so they know the expectations. They know the environment. Um, so you have you have a couple players like that that have been in those moments, and now you have the young, you know, fast freshman in the backcourt that a lot of teams are going to, you know, not be ready for that kind of, you know, speed that you see on tape. But, you know, it's different once you're there. So it'll be it'll be fun to see how they, you know, react to those playing because even Paige, um, none of these teams will have tape this year on Paige playing those big games. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see who they match up with and how those teams react um, in the opening minutes to, you know, SCSU is going to be a team that throws some punches early. So it'll be fun to see how they, you know, how who they play, how they match up, and how those, uh, you know, opponents react to SCSU and not just SCSU reacting to them. 100%. And, uh, you know, next week we'll be back with a regular episode probably, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll do the full NCAA tournament preview once we know what region they're in, who they're playing, probably try and get a player on, um, you know, and, and do a little – uh, inside the locker room, heading into the the NCAA tournament, but um, yeah, just an exciting time. That uh, you know, the the past few times the Jacks have been in the NCAA tournament, they've not had one of their star players, and so it's really it feels good to have them at full strength. Mm-hmm. You know, going into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's that's a big thing. You know, Maya two years ago, Paige last year seemed like right when they start clicking, right when everything was going right major injury this year um there is none uh up to this point obviously things can happen in practice i'm not going to say they're going 100 healthy but you know they're going to be um they're going the right direction right now um and it'll be fun to see you know they're going to have uh i think spring break will be next week so they're going to have a, you know a few days of just practice and you know rehab time to really focus on uh getting ready for the ncaa tournament and it's gonna be fun um like we've said healthy team now, um, experienced team, uh, but also, you know, a lot of, a lot of teams aren't going to be ready for what they have to throw at them. So I'm, I'm excited for what's going to happen. Um, but like you said, I think the biggest, most important thing is they're healthy. And um, that's probably the most, most AJ probably is hoping for is like, he's finally got this healthy team ready to go into the tournament. Um, but yeah, with that, um, not a whole lot left to add. We're going to dive into our Culver Star of the Week. Uh, remember, Culver supports us. Stop in in Brookings or uh, Sioux Falls, Watertown, wherever you're stopping in. Grab a butter burger, grab some custard. It's starting to warm up some areas. I know down Omaha, where I live, we had some 60-degree days. Custard would have been really good if I wasn't up here in Sioux Falls. But, uh, yeah, you know, stop in at Culver's um, while you're getting ready for the selection Sunday or watching some NCAA tournament games. But, Cody, I will let you go first. Uh, who is your Culver star of the week? So I think I know where you're going with yours. So I'm going to go with Maya Selland. Um, you know, her final time playing in South Dakota in this summer league tournament. Um, I think it her tournament it, it, on paper probably doesn't stand out. Or, you know, if you just look at the stats book, stat book, it doesn't stand out as like her playing at her best. But I think her ability to be the leader of this team and be the focal point of the offense and be the connector on defense and not, and and realizing at this point, she doesn't always have to do everything Mm -hmm. and she can just be as efficient as possible. um, Goes to, you know, show why she's the best player in the summit league, you know, two time summit league player of the year. Uh, She just, 
you know, helps the team in so many ways. And uh, in this one, she was letting other people take the reins and giving them confidence and mm-hmm. um, helping build up her teammates and still contributing, obviously, in a lot of factors on the staff. Yeah, and, you know, uh, before I get into mine, obviously Maya's solid choice, solid performer. Um, I think the big thing you said there is, you know, she let other get other people get confident because, you know, you expect her to be ready to go come some or you know NCAA tournament time, but now she's let you know Haley had a big weekend, Tori had a good weekend, Paige had a good weekend. All these players played really well, uh, playing off of her. Um, so now they're going to go into the NCAA tournament confident, and that's huge because they're going to need you know, five, six players, you know, to take that next step. Um, But going into mine, going with the tournament MVP, somehow not a first-team Summit League player. Uh, I think when even when we had Brad on, he was, like, pretty solid with her in the top four players in the conference. Um, Haley Kimmer, uh, 18 points in the championship. Uh, She had um, 25 against ORU, 10 against St. Thomas. Um, Yeah, you know, solid weekend for her. Obviously, one MVP, hard not to pick her, um, and just, you know, very efficient weekend uh, for her, you know, 4-4 four four today up from a 3, 5-7 uh, yesterday. So, just overall great weekend of basketball for her, and, you know, if they don't get off to a slow start against St. Thomas, she could have had, you know, instead of 53 total points, could have had 70 points. Just, you know, obviously had a slow, everyone had a kind of a bad game against St. Thomas. So, uh, yeah, Haley Timber is my choice, and uh, it would be hard to pick against her. No, totally. Uh, you know, if, if I didn't know that you were picking her, I probably would have picked her as well. <laughs> yep. Um, very deserving of tournament MVP. Um, you know, this she shines at this time of the year. And uh, we'll probably have some others on the poll mm-hmm. for the third star of the week. Um, you know, Paige Meyer was also all tournament team. She'll be on there. Uh, probably Peyton. She had a real solid tournament. Uh, Mimsy and Arians kind of carried the men's side. So we'll let you guys vote for that, that third star. But I guess to wrap this show up, maybe a little around the summit, um, let's start on the women's side. I got a question for you, Jake. Okay. What did we learn about the Summit League moving forward in this one? Is 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 there any team that's going to be able to compete with SDSU in the next couple years, or is this SDSU's conference for the next couple years? I think this tournament shows us that, you know, the gap is giant. I think bigger than it's been at any point on the women's side. I, I think there's always there's always been a number two team. When we first came, it was SDSU and Western. Then it was SDSU and USD. And then it was honestly, it was USD and SDSU. You had to put them first. I think as long as AJ's around. And again, this was a big story line coming into the week. We saw some news in Minnesota. You know, they like, we got another head coach. Um, as long, I mean, I preface it, as long as AJ's around. I think SCSU will always be one of the top two teams. I think we saw this year that, you know, some other teams came up, you know, NDSU and USD came as that second, third team. I think, you know, it's great, but there's still a giant gap between one and two. Um, I think SCSU just is so far ahead right now. Um, You know, like we are losing Maya, we are losing Peyton uh, and Drew. That's big losses. But we still have lost and off the bench perform well. Brooke Myers, going to be a star center, I think, by the time she graduates. Callie Tyson's a star. Um, you know, she was all defense this week, or all this year, um, or sixth man of the year uh, for the women. So there's so much depth that they had. They've played 10 players all year. This tournament, you know, coming into, you know, Ellie Kolbeck, you know, she was forced into starting minutes to start the year. She'd probably start for most Summit League teams. 
Um, there's just so much talent already on the team. They have good players coming in because AJ recruits well. Uh, and, you know, it's a little bit harder to follow the women's recruiting side, so you don't hear the names. But um, you, you truly do expect them just to keep reloading. And when you have players like Paige and Timmer uh, expected to be there for at least two more years uh, or for the next two years, that's a solid building. You know, those are two first-team summer league players the next two years. Uh, I'll, I'll pencil them in. Barring any injuries, I'm penciling them in. They should be one, you know, they should be in that category the next couple of years. And they're going to, you know, they're going to be the, the Macy and we had Macy and Maddie. I'm they're That's them now. It's it's now it's Paige and Haley. Um, and then you're going to have three to, you know, six players that are going to probably fill in that rest of that starting lineup that are going to be all conference level players. That's just what AJ brings in. I guess, I don't know if I forgot anything or missed anything there, but do you have a different answer for your for your question? There? No, I think if you look at all the boxes, um, SDSU is going to have the best facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, with this frost renovation, they St. Thomas, the, yeah, St. Thomas also is yeah. bringing that <laughs> eventually, but for yep. at least one year. Yep. <laughs> here, uh, you know, Frost is going to be the best facility. They they have the best support from the mm-hmm. you know it, whether it's administration, school, community, whatever you want to call it. They have the best coach. Yep. And they have the best recruits. Yep. So when you got the best players, the best coach, the best facilities, and the best sport, they're one, and no one else is close. Um, you know, it'd be awesome if, if other teams can come up. You know, if a St. Thomas with everything they're building, getting you know a win in, in this tournament, um, if if they can continue to to push the Summit League because it's always good to have competition and, and push the league forward. But I think at least for the next two years. Um, you know, SDSU is is the cream of the crop. Yeah, and if, if you're a Summit League fan, you you need more teams to step up. Um, honestly, SDSU shouldn't be going undefeated in conference play two or three years in a row. Um, there should be another team or two that there's enough local recruits. Because if you look at SDSU, they're recruiting Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota. They're not going to Nebraska and stealing recruits from Omaha. Omaha should be better. Denver's a huge metro. Kansas is a huge metro for Kansas City. Um, St. Thomas has a Minneapolis area. Minnesota is huge with basketball. So there should be more competition inside the Summit League. SCSU shouldn't be this far ahead, but they are. And like I said, as long as AJ's around, they're going to stay that far ahead, I think. Um, but yeah, this, you know, they, they have the program running the right way. I do think St. Thomas is going to be a program that comes up, their coach seems to say all the right things. You know, she had the success of building a program at the D3 level. It takes time. I'm definitely not blaming her for, you know, catching it, like being behind. But if you're looking at NDSU, who finally has kind of turned it around, but then lost early, look at UND, who should be better, but they aren't. You look at um, Omaha that, you know, they've been in the championship now two or three years, but they get blown out when they make it there. They, those, those teams need to start picking it up. They need to start coming from behind and, you know, catching up to the, the rest of the pack, which they aren't right now. And, you know, we'll see if they do. I hope they do, but this hasn't looked good so far. And flipping over the men's side on the Around the Summit, we're recording this prior to the championship game. So we know mm-hmm. Toral Roberts versus NDSU. Who are you rooting for? Who do you think is going to win? Rooting for and win, I think, is both Oral Roberts. I, I'll i never be able to cheer for NDSU. I'm sorry. I know some people don't like Paul Mills for his comments. I thought his comments were whiny and annoying. But if you're a Summit League fan, you should want to, or unless you're an NDSU fan, you should want Oral to win. 
because you should want the team that's going to win games in the tournament to win. I think Oral Roberts are best shot at that because you, I think when they made it like every time they won going to Sweet 16, they suddenly got like a million dollars or something. So if you're a fan, you want that added revenue coming in. A, if you're the women, would love that added revenue because now Sal has a couple more bucks to throw AJ's way to keep him around, <laughs> keep him out of Minnesota. Um, and honestly, if the women win it, it's more money coming into the program too. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think I, I probably – I can't cheer for NDSU, but I'm not going to be openly rooting for Oral Roberts either. Yeah, I think over the years uh, I've definitely – I've grown to like Dave Richmond mm-hmm. and how he runs his program. Yep. But I agree with you. I'm never going to root for NDSU. <laughs> I also – I'm not a huge fan of, of their – their players just get under my skin a little yep. bit. And so, um, you know, I, I can't be cheering for NDSU. Plus, um, I think they're the next closest behind STSU in Summit League tournament titles. Um, with I think NDSU has five, STSU has six. So to keep them from tying that, um, I, I think Oral Roberts. And like you said, they have the best chance to win a tournament game. I'm still on the fence if I want them to win a tournament game. Obviously, it's good for the conference, more money. Um but also don't want them to necessarily have another run in the NCAA tournament. They've kind of had that fun before. SDSU hasn't, <laughs> so I'm jealous. Um, and so we'll see what happens with who they get matched up with and all that if they end up winning. But I think I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm rooting for Oral Roberts to win, and I do think they probably win, but in a close game. Yeah, and I guess I don't have that same problem that Oral Roberts would win because they've already gone on that run. They've, so like they've done it before, so it's like, who, who cares if they do it again? I know NDSU's a, I just won. don't want them to have two yeah. to our none. Yep. I <laughs> NDSU I know has won a couple tournament games. I really don't want them to win more. I feel like that's where like they've I I consider it one. The the playing game I won't count. I'm not kind of the playing game, <laughs> yeah, I guess. So yeah. The one actual win, like I don't need them to get a second actual win. Yeah. If Oral Roberts goes it's just not a rivalry to me. Like we need them to be good, like kind of like on the men's side or the women's side. If, if someone ever wants to get to that two-bit league, we need St. Thomas to be consistent. We need North Dakota State to be consistent. SDSU, need USD, need Denver. We need all these schools to get better. And the best way to get to that two-bit league is probably having, you know, or Roberts make the tournament and win a couple of games. But, um, you know, we'll see. A lot of rumors with Paul Mills, too. We'll see if he's around next year. Comments, like I said, came off as a coach that, A, was trying to build an excuses, which now he doesn't need. Uh, B, just whiny, which he's always been. And C, a coach that, you know, is probably on his way out. Like, doesn't need to worry about it if the commissioner of the Summit League gets mad at him for his comments. Like, he knows he's gone after this year, and that's kind of how those comments came off to me. All five guys technically can come back somehow. I just don't know how that makes any sense. <laughs> um, and honestly, if they would lose this game, that would probably be the only scenario all five guys come back. Like, we have to we have to do it. So we'll see. But, I, you know, I'm fine with them winning it, whatever, get – Get him going. Get if he gets Paul Mills out of the Summit League, that's fine by me. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way one way to approach it. But um, I think that's probably all I have. Yeah, that's um, all I have. I, I think we've covered most of it. Um, like you said, we're going to get into some some year end uh, wrap up for the men next week. Once we know for sure if they're playing or not, uh, we'll try to get a guest on to preview the Summit League tournament or the the NCA tournament. Excuse me. Uh, but with that being said, that's all we have this week. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, don't know if either of us will be out at the tournament, but if we are, we'll do some live tweeting like we've been doing this weekend. Uh, like, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you'll listen to it. Uh, we'll be back next week with the NCAA tournament preview.